from Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCanio! my goodness i never had that great of an of a, a, an ovation before but we thank you very much for joining us here on the queen's new yorker it is tuesday february 23rd 2021 and this is episode number 166 with about 2391 listens close to 2400 listens we're getting there and our series on airports continues with a lesser-known airport that we never really quite think about, but we're going to look at its history because it's got a pretty interesting history. It's the history of Long Island MacArthur Airport. There it is. Yes. Yeah. All right. Long Island MacArthur Airport. All, we got a lot of Long Islanders on the show today. <laughs> That's for sure. Ah. Yes, this, this airport is actually a public airport in Ronkonkoma, New York, on Long Island. The town of Islip owns and operates the airport, which serves about 2 million airline passengers a year, as well as a general aviation. And it covers... 1,311 acres and has three one runways and two helipads. Interesting, interesting information. But before we even get to cover that, let me just give you um, a bit of great news that we want to th- We want to, of course, give a shout out to my friend BizHacks, Kate Detweiler. Thank you so much for putting us now on another platform similar to YouTube, where we're going to resurrect. All of the um, video shows of the Queens New Yorker, we're putting them up on on a on a site called BitChute, and that's where we're going to be on our sec and our third home. So, not only are we on the eight platforms of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all that on Anchor, but we're now on BitChute. So, thanks, Keith Detweiler, for that one. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. Two two videos are already up there. <laughs> I know it, it, it tracks the crowd every time. All right. Two videos are up there. Um, we put up the. Pre- it's interesting. We put up the premiere that that premiered over what three years ago and it got 33 views on the first 
upload yesterday. And so now we're in the process of putting episode two up there and going the whole way. This is going to be a progressional thing here. But just like when we put everything and transferred everything over to Anchor, it took time. But eventually we got there. So we're going to slowly but surely put all of our archives on BitChute so that way we can go back to the um, slideshow presentation with pictures of the various uh, episodes. Okay? So, without further ado, let's get on with it because we got a lot of information here. Um, this is Long Island MacArthur Airport, and here is the history. So, in April of 1942, the town of Islip contracted with the federal government to build an airfield on town-owned land for military use. Within months, the Civil Aeronautics Administration predecessor to today's Federal Aviation Administration, funded construction of three paved runways, originally named Islip Airport, at the suggestion of Charles H. Droya, a local elected official, and the airport was renamed MacArthur Airport after General Douglas MacArthur, whose dramatic escape from the Philippines had captured the attention of the world. In 1944, Lockheed Aircraft Corporation built the first hangar at the airport. Five years later, the town built the airport's first terminal building, preparing for airline flights. Through the 1950s, the Sperry Corporation conducted aerospace research at the airport. In 1960, Allegheny Airlines was the first scheduled passenger airline at Islip, flying to Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., the March 1961 official airline guide lists five weekday Convair 440 departures, a nonstop to Washington National, one to Baltimore, and three flights direct to Boston via several stops. The General Douglas MacArthur Terminal was completed in 66, and in 67, Mohawk Airlines began two Fairchild Hiller FH-227 flights a day to Bridgeport and Albany, and beyond with one flight continuing to Toronto. By 1969, Mohawk was flying BAC-111s nonstop to Syracuse, and in 72, Mohawk had nonstops to Albany with direct service to Buffalo and Rochester. Mohawk would soon be merged into Allegheny Airlines. 1971, American began flying nonstop Boeing 727-100s to Chicago O'Hare, and by 74, Allegheny had started BAC-111s and McDonnell Douglas DC-930s nonstop to Albany and Washington, D.C., and direct jets to Burlington, Vermont, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Allegheny continued Convair 580s nonstop to Albany, Boston, Bridgeport, and Washington, D.C., and in addition to direct Convair 580s to Buffalo and Rochester. Allegheny would be renamed U.S. Air, which then became U.S. Airways, with these respective airlines operating service into the airport for many years before U.S. Airways was merged into American. So the official guide, or the airline guide, shows the following passenger jets to Long Island, Mark Arthur, nonstop from the following at various times from the late 60s to the late 90s with types like Allegheny, American, Braniff, International, Carnival, Continental, Delta, Eastern, Mohawk, New York Airways, Northeastern International, Spirit, uh, United, 
and U.S. Air. Southwest arrived at Islip in 1999 with nonstop Boeing 737-700s to Baltimore, Chicago, Nashville, Tennessee, and Tampa. Most of the above airlines ceased serving Long Island MacArthur, but between 1999 and 2009, passenger traffic grew with the airport, now serving about 2 million passengers a year on three airlines, Southwest, Frontier, and U.S. Airways Express, with the latter now operating as American Eagle Airlines after the merger of U.S. Airways with American. A number of commuter and regional airlines served the airport from the late 70s to the late 90s, including Allegheny Commuter, Altair, Atlantic Coast, operating as United Express, Business Express Airlines, operating as Delta Connection, Continental, Empire, Mall Airways, Metro Airlines, Northeast operating as Transworld Express, Mohawk, which is a later commuter air carrier version, New Air and its predecessor New Haven, Piedmont Regional operating on behalf of Piedmont Airlines, Pilgrim, Precision operating as Northwest Airlink, Ransom and U.S. Air Express, and its successor, U.S. Airways. According to the OAG, Prop types operated by these smaller airlines to the airport included the ATR-42, the Beechcraft 99, the Beechcraft 1900C, and the list goes on for all you airplane buffs out there who know more about airplanes than me. I, I had to get my friend Pete Criscola to talk about the airplanes. We're talking about the airports. <laughs> 1994, Condo Express was operating ATR-42s nonstop between the airport and the Continental Airlines hub at Newark. By 99, Atlantic Southeast Airlines, flying as Delta Connection, was operating Canada Air, CRJ-200s, nonstop to the Delta Airlines hub in Atlanta, while Comair, also flying as Delta Connection, was operating Canada Air CRJ-200s nonstop to Delta's hub in Cincinnati. In 1999, Continental Express was flying Embraer Embraer, nonstop to the Continental Airlines hub in Cleveland. In later years, Continental Express continued to serve the airport with nonstop regional jets to Cleveland, while Continental Connection scheduled nonstop turboprops to Albany. Both services ended in 2005. Spirit Airlines scheduled flights to several Florida cities and Detroit before moving to LaGuardia Airport in 2001. And in May of 2008, the airline resumed service to Fort Lauderdale from MacArthur, dropping it soon after. Delta Express, which had nonstops to Orlando and Fort Lauderdale, dropped MacArthur Airport in 2003 after a decline in traffic. Delta Connection Regional Jet Service to Atlanta, flown by Atlantic Southeast Airlines on behalf of Delta Airlines, ended on May 1st, 2008, following a mid-April announcement that Delta and Northwest Airlines were planning to merge, a move that led to changes for the merged airline. As of January 2014, Southwest was operating year-round nonstops to Baltimore, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Tampa, and West Palm Beach, and seasonal service to Fort Myers. Elegant Air previously operated two weekly flights on a seasonal basis to Fort Myers, Punta Gorda, Florida, with McDonnell Douglas MD-80s, but no longer services serves the airport. Penn Air began operating two daily nonstop flights to Boston in July of 2013. 
but stopped flying to MacArthur a year later. The only legacy carrier serving ISLIP now is American Airlines with Embraer, ERJ-145 co-chair flights, operated by its American Eagle Airlines regional affiliate Piedmont to Philadelphia. Service to Washington National ended on July 2nd, 2014, after the merger between U.S. Airways and American. The newly merged airline had to cut service to 17 cities from Washington National because of an antitrust lawsuit preventing the airline from monopolizing slots at National Airport. American Airlines reapplied for nonstop service between MacArthur Airport and Washington National when two slots opened up, but in early 2015, the airline lost the bid for these two slots. So following the September 11, 2001 attacks, MacArthur Airport saw a 25% decrease in passenger traffic. Passenger traffic later increased, but they decreased again in 2006. Charts depicting annual operations and passenger emplanements are in Appendix C and D. And now in 2005, MacArthur Airport had 173,135 total operations. During this year, 1,055,832 passengers were emplaned. That's about 7.07% more than 2004. In 06, MacArthur had 189,390 in total operations with 1,138,061 passenger emplanements. The year 2007 brought total operations at MacArthur down to 148,760, but passenger emplanements increased to 1,167,515. MacArthur's highest emplanements in the last six years. Now, in 2008, total operations at MacArthur were 179,230, and passenger emplanements were down to 1,048,768. In 2009, 159,736, and 929,902 in emplanements. From 2005 to 2009, almost every category of MacArthur's operations has declined airline, military, air taxi, and general aviation. A recent figure was released citing a 46.4% decrease from 2007 to 2012, the most loss in any small hub airport. So established about midway through the 20th century, by the end of the century, MacArthur Airport had been transformed. Growth and expansion continued in the early years of the 21st century, but by 2014, the airport was experiencing financial difficulties. In 2004, MacArthur Airport embarked on an expansion that included a Southwest Airlines terminal built by the airline at a cost of $65 million. Phase one of the expansion included four gates to be used by Southwest, as well as space for shops and restaurants. Phase two, completed in November of 2006, added four more gates for a total of eight new gates. Prior to the expansion project, passengers had to pass back through the ticketing area of the airport to reach the baggage claim area. With the completion of Phase 2, the new concourse provided a more convenient exit point to baggage claim, ground transportation, and the airport's roadway exit. Nevertheless, the location of the baggage claim area still requires most travelers using the airport's long-term parking lots to still pass back through the ticketing area of the airport to reach their vehicles. A major proponent 
of the airport's 04 to 06 expansion projects was Peter J. McCowan, then the Islip Town Supervisor. The new concourse was named after McGowan. The terminal was renamed Veterans Memorial Concourse in homage to Long Island's distinction as home to more military veterans than almost any other community in the United States. The 2004 expansion was built without state approvals and in violation of fire and safety codes, which resulted in a scandal. A new control tower was completed in 2010 and opened the following year to replace the tower built in the early 60s. In 2010, a new state-of-the-art fuel farm will increase the jet fuel supply. The airport has plans to reconfigure the roadway in front of the terminal. Another taxiway is being planned along with other projects using FAA Airport Improvement Program funds. And development of the west side, home to a thriving general aviation sector, will get underway in late 2010. And while the airport continues to expand it has added numerous amenities, including free courtesy cell phone parking located in the rear of Lot 6B. November of 2009, MacArthur Airport became the only airport in the tri-state region to offer free wireless Internet service in the entire terminal and in the courtesy cell phone parking lot. So in addition, the airport launched several tools designed to provide up-to-date information to travelers, including its first official website, FlyLima.com. All passenger food catering within the airport terminal is provided by HMS Host, which operates five restaurants. March of 2017, plans were announced to build a U.S. Customs station at MacArthur Airport by the end of 2019 with the help from financial assistance from New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo. This will be an attempt at making MacArthur an international destination and at enticing airlines to add MacArthur to their destinations. Beginning in late March, a marketing campaign is to be undertaken by the town of Islip to announce the revival of the airport. This will include advertisements of public transportation, digital marketing, and radio spots. And in years past... Previous campaigns have targeted airlines. This time, the $180 million campaign focus will be on potential passengers and commuters, and a new logo and slogan will be announced in the future as well. The thought process is that by attracting more passengers, the airport will attract more airlines, including international flights. And finally, on July 17th of four years ago in 2017, Frontier Airlines announced service to 10 new cities using aircraft as large as the Airbus A321, which approaches the Boeing 757 in range and passenger capacity, which is a first for the airport in the past decade. And there you have it, friends, the history of Long Island MacArthur Airport. There it is. Yeah! All right! Wonderful! Great history. Very nice.
So this Thursday, we'll uh, look at one more international airport that's in Stewart, which is in Orange County. It's got a very interesting history. We'll look at it and give you all of that and wrap up our series on airports. Now, a special edition of the Queens, New Yorker will come back on Saturday, this Saturday, for episode number 168, where we're going to start on our series that now will be going to an interesting thing. We'll be going to cemeteries. Oh, yes, cemeteries. Huh. Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of like one of those things that you look at it and you say to yourself, how in the world did they going <laughs> to... You'd be surprised, folks. There's a lot of cemeteries, but we are going to have, um, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna happen, and uh, cemeteries will be very interesting. And then uh, we're gonna look at beaches. Beaches is gonna be very interesting too. So that's gonna be another series as well. Slowly but surely, we're touching every little inch of. Queens and the five boroughs as we look on. So hope you're enjoying the series. Thank you again for your continued support of the Queens New Yorker. We couldn't have done it. We can't do it without you. I'm going to be on this Friday night at I think it's seven or eight o'clock. I'm going to be on Jordan Little's show to promote the Queens New Yorker and of course our mixed cloud show, the Decanio Discussion, which will be back on Friday for Episode number 14 with a look at all of Mr. Rogers' um, commentaries that he's done, uh, messages uh, on the 18th anniversary of his passing that would have been this Saturday. We're going to celebrate it on Friday the 26th, okay? So, from all of us here at the WJDC Studios in beautiful Vito, Florida, I'm Jason DiCanio. Have yourself a great day. And remember, be honest, be real, and keep it simple, stupid. Kiss on the Queens, New Yorker. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a great night. Bye-bye. You have been watching the Queens, New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio Internet presentation. Thank you for your support.